Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, we welcome you into episode number 152 of Brewers on Tap from Philadelphia. Brewers and Phillies getting ready to wrap up a four-game series this afternoon. And then the crew heading to Atlanta to finish up this long road trip against the Braves before coming home for a five-game homestand against the Cincinnati Reds and the Philadelphia Phillies. It is good to have you with us. We have plenty coming your way. It's been an interesting week because the crew called up Keston Hira this week. It's Keston Hira week, if you will. What a debut for him on Tuesday night in Philadelphia. He goes two for three. He was on base three times. The two singles that he hit were absolute rockets and a great start to what looks like will be a very good major league career for Keston Hira. So we'll talk to Keston coming up. On the podcast today, we're going to get his thoughts on what it was like to experience that moment and be able to share it with your family. And we'll also talk to Brandon Woodruff, who's on a roll right now on the mound for the crew. He is pitching like an ace. And he's not that far removed from his own debut in 2017. And, of course, Brandon Woodruff has one of the most unique stories for a debut uh, in recent memory because he was set to make his debut in June in St. Louis. He's going through warm-ups. He feels something grab, he has a hamstring issue, and he ends up having to go back down, never makes that debut until August at Tampa Bay, and then he pitches really well in that outing against the Rays, and he's been pretty much a mainstay ever since with the crew. So we'll get his thoughts on what it was like to watch Keston Hira make his debut, and if it brought him back to the craziness that was his debut over the span of a couple of months, really in 2017 and we're going to talk to pitching coach Chris Hook he's going to talk about that success that Brandon Woodruff's finding along with the success of the rest of this pitching staff the Brewers pitching staff has gone from being uh, a unit that was struggling early trying to find its its footing so to speak and also trying to get everybody in the right roles to now being one of the best pitching staffs in baseball if you look at the numbers over the last two weeks over the last three weeks this is perhaps the most dominant pitching staff in baseball right now. That seems crazy to think or to say when you go back to the midpoint in April, but right now this group is getting it done. Uh, It's not just Josh Hader in the bullpen. Junior Guerra pitching very well in the bullpen. Corbin Burns is back. He's pitching very well out of the bullpen. Jeremy Jeffress is starting to show that higher velocity now. And so there are some real pieces in that bullpen. And, of course, from a rotation standpoint, the addition of Gio Gonzalez has just changed things in terms of the rotation. When you put Gio Gonzalez back in the rotation, it allowed you to move Corbin Burns back into the bullpen. But it also gave the Brewers a veteran that has been nothing but consistent since he came back to the Brewers this year. He pitches again on Wednesday night. He goes five and a third. He gives up just the one run. Really impressive stuff. And it has set the Brewers rotation up. So now you have Gio Gonzalez pitching to an ERA under two. You have Zach Davies pitching to an ERA 
under two. Zach Davies right now probably in the conversation amongst the best starting pitchers in the National League. Certainly numbers-wise, that's where he's put himself. And then you also have a rotation that features a surging Brandon Woodruff, which has been really encouraging, and Yoli Shasin, who's starting to pitch better and starting to look like he's going to mirror his 2018 form where he got off to a slower start, but then once mid-May came, started dominating and started being a really dependable starter for the Brewers in that rotation. And then the last piece to the rotation is one that's still being defined a little bit. Chase Anderson back from the IL this weekend against Atlanta. He certainly pitched very well before he went on the injured list, so that could be his spot. Freddie Peralta has pitched as a starting pitcher in that spot. They've used an opener in that spot. That's where the depth of the Brewers' arms comes into play. It's an exciting time. Brewers sitting at 26-19, and 19, seven games above 500. They are a game and a half back currently of the Chicago Cubs and the NL Central, and this looks like it's going to be a battle all summer long and into the fall between the Brewers, Cubs, and probably the St. Louis Cardinals as well. Let's jump into it, and let's begin with the star of the week, and that's Keston Hira. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go on again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out of here. Time to catch up with the crew. Joined by Keston Hira, who made his MLB debut in last night's contest. A couple of hits on base three times. Uh, what a 24 hours for you this has been. Have you had a chance to let it soak in yet, or is it going to take a while? Uh, I mean, I'm still soaking it all in. Um, you know, last night was incredible. Um, from the moment I got the call, you know, I'll be going up to, um, you know, traveling and then uh, getting here to Philadelphia. It, it's all been a big moment um, I'm never going to forget. But, yeah, it's still going to continue soaking in. It probably won't set in for maybe uh, a little bit of a while, but, um, you know, I'm excited to be here and um, I'm excited to, you know, help this team uh, any way I can. There's so much that comes with making your MLB debut. Frantic travel schedules getting <laughs> put together for not just you, but for your family, getting to the ballpark, kind of getting comfortable, getting a number assigned. I mean, there's just all these different things. For you, once the game started, was that in some ways the easiest part because you could just become a baseball player again? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, a lot of the advice that a lot of the guys gave me were just treat like any any other game that you play in your life. Um, you know, it's the same game you played growing up, uh, same rules, same all of that. So uh, just relax, enjoy your time, soak it all in, uh, you know, enjoy it with your family. And that, that's really kind of how I took it. And, um, you know, playing with, you know, a great group of guys just makes it a lot easier to, to feel more comfortable in this situation like this. But, um, you know, they're, they're nervous at times, but it was more of just getting used to the surroundings, getting used to um, you know, the fans, the um, opponents and all that kind of ordeal where it's just uh, kind of letting that settle in um, and let that kind of uh, calm down. But other than that, you know, I felt good at the plate. Uh, I felt good in the field and, um, you know, was able to to do what, um, uh, what I, you know, I need to be done. And, um, and I'm happy to be here. Was it a relief to get the first hit out of the way right away so you didn't have that hanging over your head? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, 
getting the first out of the way is definitely um, relieving. But you know, at the same time, um, it was more of just being able to string together, you know, good at bats, uh, which you know I was happy I was able to do. Uh, mixing a walk in there as well, and um, you know, battle with two strikes, be able to put the ball in play. So those were definitely huge key points in um, you know my approach, not only here, but you know in every game I play, every bat I have. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it definitely, definitely felt good to to bear up the ball that first at bat, and um, luckily uh, it didn't ricochet off hard enough to to get me out of first base because I felt like I was running so slow to first. But other than that, um, you know, I was really happy about it. After the game was over, you were able to bring your parents down onto the field and share a moment with them. What was that like for you? And then what was it like when you got back to your locker and you saw what I'm assuming was 100, 200 text messages on your phone from fans and friends and everybody else. Oh, yeah. You know, my parents being here is absolutely um, you know, special for them, special for me. Um, they've been so supportive of me my whole life and uh, letting me kind of choose what I want to do and support my decision. So those are uh, um, special times in my life where uh, – they're always the answer to kind of help me figure out some stuff as well. So uh, having them here today is really special. Um, now my girlfriend here, uh, my hitting coach from when I was nine, he, he flew out and um, agents here as well. So it, it was definitely a special night for uh, not only me, but for everyone that came to, to support me. And uh, But yeah, I mean, um, everyone that, you know, reached out to me and to congratulate me on, on everything, it, it was truly, uh, Especially, you know, you hear people that you haven't talked to in a while, and it's good to, to hear from them, see that they're still following your success and, and all that. I'm still, still trying to reach back to everyone um, as much as I can. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely um, a whirlwind of a day, but, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Keston, congratulations. It's a cool moment that, obviously, you're never going to forget. It's going to be with you the rest of your life. And uh, good luck again tonight, right back in there. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks to Keston Hira for joining us after his special day on Tuesday night. We also had a chance to catch up with Brewers pitching coach Chris Hook, who has helped mentor this group of pitchers into the place they are right now, where they are pitching about as well as anybody in the National League, maybe anybody in baseball, and how it's all come together had a chance to sit down with him and talk to him, not just about how he's been able to piece this thing together, but also what his role is with some of the younger starting pitchers and younger pitchers in general in terms of feeding them information. Let's break it down. I'm joined by Brewers pitching coach Chris Hook. It's brought to you by Concordia University. Uh, this group has been on a really good roll for the last couple of weeks now. What have you seen that has been one of the turning points for this group? Well, we got a bunch of guys that are commanding the baseball right now. I think early in the season, uh, we got in some spots where we didn't command the ball. We gave up big damage. And uh, right now, with uh, Gio and Zach kind of leading the way, they've kind of shown us how to be successful at the major league level, and they've done a really good job of commanding the fastball. How has Gio's presence, from one standpoint, being a guy you give the ball to every five days, and he's given you three really good starts so far, but from the other standpoint, just being a good veteran presence as well, how has that impacted this group? Well, I think the young guys really gravitate towards Gio. He's a fun-loving guy. He's easy to talk to. He's always laid back. During the game, he's relaxed. I think that you can really show how to get it done at the big league level by watching Gio. I mean, uh, he does his work. He's he's here. He's diligent. He's here early. He's, he's planning. 
but he really knows how to get it done at the big league level. And I think guys like Woodruff really gravitate towards him. And even Zach, uh, they spend a lot of time together and, and can learn a lot just by watching. I know you, you take a look at the numbers and you dive into that stuff a lot. And when you looked at Brandon Woodruff, even when the results weren't maybe there early, there were a lot of underlying things that were very encouraging. And now you're starting to see him kind of reap the benefits of those and get the rewards of those numbers. And he's putting together a string of some really quality starts. How encouraging is that for you and for him to, to see the results now too? Right. Well, I've known Brandon for a long time, and he's doing the same types of things he was doing at the minor league level, commanding the fastball. I think what he's getting better at is all of his secondary pitches, or he's doing a better job of uh, a commanding, especially behind in the count. The changeups come a long way. He's using that against left and right-handed hitters, which is something that he didn't do a whole lot of, like throwing lots of right-handers. Now he's doing a much better job of that. So now when you're getting ready to throw to, to hit a fastball down away at 97, you're also in the back of your head like, man, this guy can throw a changeup in any count. So I, I think he's done a really good job of just become a complete pitcher at the big league level. And, and uh, to me, I'm really excited about what uh, the next few starts come. With younger pitchers like Brandon, is it – is it part of your job to encourage them a little bit to trust stuff like the changeup? Because that isn't something he's thrown a ton of in the past, but it plays off of all his other pitches so well. Is it is it your job to encourage him and prod him a little bit to continue to throw that pitch? Absolutely. I just show him results. I say, hey, look at this. See what happened. I mean, last start, I mean, it was mid-game. We're like, hey, man, we got to get to the changeup. we got to get the changeup more. And once he started, we get a lot of swings and misses. So... I think the changeup is kind of a, his fastball and his changeup should be a foundation of what he does. Uh, and then the slider, of course, has been really, really good too. So, and then he also has the curveball that he can throw in any count. So, I, I, like I said, I think he's, he's kind of finding out who he is at this level. And now it's all about being resilient and just being uh, consistent on an every start basis. Freddie Peralta gets the ball tonight and uh, really good his last time out. You used an opener, if you will, the last time with Adrian Hauser going a couple of innings before Freddie got onto the mound. He's going to start tonight. What have you guys seen from him uh, going back to last time coming out of the bullpen versus starting tonight? What do you guys do to prepare him if there's any kind of difference? We just keep it real simple with Freddie, man. Attack. Attack the strike zone. His stuff plays in the zone really, really well. And uh, we just got to get him just being aggressive from the from the start, winning counts early, and kind of let your stuff play in the strike zone, Freddie. Let's do it. And and I think what he does out of the bullpen in those situations, like we had the other day, he just gets after it. And then to me, we're just going to encourage him to get after it. Uh, and, and like I said, win counts as early as he can and then let his stuff play in the zone. Finally, you've been around Corbin Burns a lot, and, and I know that's been something you've really probably enjoyed is getting a chance to work with all these guys that you've worked with as they've come up through the system. How nice is it to see him in a role where he seems to be really comfortable right now and excelling again in the bullpen? Right. I mean, it's great for us. I mean, he's done such a good job knowing we got a swing and miss type of guy to come out of the bullpen at any time and give us some length if we need it as well. You know, it, it you know it's disheartening when I see the guys that I know very, very well not do well early. But I know and I trust that these guys can handle that and, and kind of learn from it. And Corbin has done just that. I think there's uh, long-term plans for us. I think we think this guy is going to be a big-time starter at the big league level level for us uh, right now this is where he fits best and I think right now he's contributing to our club and with our thoughts as we go along try to get him back in the, in the rotation. Chris we appreciate it thanks so much. All right thank you. One of the advantages that the Brewers felt they had when they promoted Chris Hook to pitching coach was that he was so familiar with so many of the arms that he would be working with because he had worked with them at different times throughout their minor league journeys. One of those guys Brandon Woodruff who was 
I'm tutored by Chris Hook when Chris Hook was the pitching coach in Biloxi and Woodruff had that big year in AA back in 2016. Brandon Woodruff is on a roll right now. In his last four starts, Woodruff has thrown 22 innings, 17 hits, three earned runs. He has struck out 27 over those 22 innings. That's a 1-2-3 ERA. And Woodruff is now 6-1 on the year, and his ERA on the season currently sits at 3.72. That's going to continue to come down as he continues to succeed. Brandon Woodruff looks like he's really figured it out right now. We had a chance to sit down with him and talk to him about this surge that he's in the midst of. Brandon Woodruff is our guest a couple of nights ago, six innings, a scoreless baseball. And Well, you've been in a good groove over your last four or five starts. What has been the biggest key for you, in your opinion? Um, I think... Uh coming in and, and at the beginning of the year just kind of I was kind of getting in a spot where I wasn't wasn't getting ahead much and just kind of leaving some balls over the middle of the plate and um, you know obviously these these are the best hitters in the in the world so they'll they'll make you pay for it but I think uh, these last you know few stars just getting in preparing a little bit better and um, you know having a pretty good idea and attack plan of, of kind of how I want to pitch these guys and I think, uh, you know, for me, it's just about getting strike one. And, you know, the last, I guess, you know, three, four or five starts, of, I've stayed out of the middle of the plate more times than not. And, and when you can do that and stay on the edges a little bit more, there's going to be some more success. But um, I think, uh, yeah, just getting ahead and just and, and never stop, you know, attacking the hitters. And I think that's, you know, um, you know, helping me out right now. Everyone knows you have big velocity with the fastball. You were 98 a couple of times on yeah. Tuesday night, but you threw a lot of sliders mm-hmm. Tuesday, and that changeup continues to yeah. be a really good weapon for you as well. I talked to Chris Hook about you, and I know he likes to show you the data and show you yeah. how, how well your stuff is playing. And he said, look, it's my job to continue to push him to have that confidence in that changeup. How, how big have those two secondary pitches been for um, you? Real big. I think um – I think yeah, the one the changeup I think over the the last few starts has been big because I've been throwing it to to right-handers and obviously I throw it to uh, left-handers, uh, but I've, I'm starting to do it a lot more to the righties and I think uh, by doing that is playing off the two-seamer and 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 it's also keeping them honest with you know now they have to worry about three pitches or you know instead of just two and uh, and then to the lefties too I've been I've been mixing in some curveballs as well just kind of. Um, a slower breaking ball, um, so I think that's that's helping out. And um, but yeah, I think the the changeup going to the right is has been big big for me, and just being able to put it in a good spot. Um, that's that's the name, you know, of, of pitching. You, you want to put it, put it in a good spot, and um, I think that's what I've been doing here lately. How has the added repetitions with Yasmani Grandal yeah. contributed to you guys now mm-hmm. starting to? To get very familiar with yourself, yeah. it's not the beginning of the season anymore, and I'm sure you guys are able to complete each other's sentences a little better than you could at the beginning yeah. of April. Exactly. I, you know, that's that's the thing. When um, obviously he, he was trying to get to know me, I was trying to get to know him. But I think um, you know now we're starting to get to a point where he understands how I want to pitch and how kind of how I want to attack these guys and what I want to do. And I think that just you know leads into the game plan of how we want to come after the, you know each team and. Um, you know, just getting more and more comfortable, and um, so there's not as much shaking off or, or whatever. It's it's uh, it's having a good plan, and and that, you know, obviously that's 
that's you know because of having the more reps and stuff so uh, it's been good just getting to know each other and uh, it's been been going good it's not that long ago that you made your debut yep. in Tampa you yep. almost made it in St. Louis earlier yep. in 2017 how fun was it for you to see Keston here and make his debut on Tuesday that never gets old does it it, it doesn't um, it always brings you back to, to you know when you were going to make your debut and well I say when you were I referred to St. Louis you know when I was going to make it there and then and then uh, got hurt, but then was able to make it in Tampa. And it just brings back those memories. Uh, and it, it's obviously a special night. Uh, you work so hard and to, to get to that point, you finally make it to the big leagues. And, uh, he, you know, I had a really good night last night and um, got a couple hits. And obviously his double play, I think, was the, the turning point for me last in last night's outing. Kind of, you know, got me um, – propelled into those those middle innings there and 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 uh helped me get through uh, six innings so big defensive play from him and, and and a good night from him so um i'm sure he enjoyed it with family and friends brandon we appreciate it thanks so much of course checking in on the farm As we go down on the farm, Aaron Ashby gets the ball today for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. He's pitched really well this year, 3.77 ERA for the left-hander and a young man that is rising up the charts in terms of the Brewers' pitching prospects. Other names in Class A Wisconsin to keep an eye on, Yason Coca is having a very nice season for the T-Rats. He is uh, put together a good start to the year, hitting 269, four home runs, 15 driven in. He's taken 15 walks and he's stolen 13 bases. That's the best in the Midwest League for Yason Coca. So he's off to a great start. David Fry is another name to keep an eye on in Class A. Uh, David Fry is 23 years old, but he can swing the bat a little bit. 266 average, four home runs and 20 dri- driven in for David Fry. And then the biggest name, of course, is Bryce Terang, the Brewers' first-round pick from a season ago. Bryce Terang has played very well uh, early on in his professional career. This is his first full professional season. He is, of course, 19 years of age for Bryce Terang. Hit his first home run as a professional just last week, he has one home run. He's driven in 15. He's hitting 297 on the year, and he's played some outstanding defense so far this season also for the Timber Rattlers. The Timber Rattlers sit at 17-19 overall in the season. Class A Carolina, they have played really, really good baseball. They are 23-16 and now, uh, just playing outstanding ball. They have an interesting group. Braden Webb is back down in Carolina. He's pitched well so far, a 1.80 ERA in his first appearance back with the Mudcats. They have Peyton Henry and Mario Feliciano who have uh, really uh, put together good seasons at the high A level. And both guys, that it'll be interesting to see if those are guys that can get themselves into the conversation for promotions at some point in time uh, because they have had that kind of a start to the year where it looks like they're handling high A quite well as Feliciano's hitting 263, but he has six home runs. He's driven in 24. And when you look at Peyton Henry, he's hitting just 239 right now, five home runs and 26 driven in. But again, with Peyton Henry, 
It's also about the defense. He is a gold glove winner a year ago uh, in all of minor league baseball behind the plate. So uh, exciting stuff there. Noah Zavallis is really good on the mound. 2.81 ERA through eight starts so far this year. He has a two and two record. As we move along to double A Biloxi, uh, the Shuckers uh, sitting at an even 500. They are 20 and 20 on the year. The Shuckers got home run number 10 from Weston Wilson uh, this weekend, or this past week, which is just incredible when you think about it. Weston Wilson, not really considered a prospect by most people's standards, but all he's done is perform at every level, and that could change. I think we might start seeing Weston Wilson show up a little bit higher on some of these prospect lists moving forward, because he is certainly um, starting to catch some eyes with the power and his ability to swing the bat. Weston Wilson um, has just done nothing but hit everywhere that he's been. The other name for the Biloxi Shuckers is Trey Shupak. He has pitched incredibly well uh, for the Shuckers so far this year. Uh, just continues to go out and get the job done for Trey Shupak. Uh, so you have him uh, on the mound. And then, of course, the exciting name is Drew Rasmussen. Uh, he's also pitching for Biloxi as well. And uh, Rasmussen is a high 90s guy with his fastball, slider in the low 90s, changeup in the low 90s as well. Uh, go back to Shupak for a second, a 2.76 ERA over eight starts for him, 25 strikeouts over 45 and two-thirds innings pitch. So he's a, he's a pitch-to-contact guy, but uh, having some very, very good success so far here early on in the year, which is encouraging. And again, with Drew Rasmussen, he has been a quick riser. He was in low A to start the year. He started a game at Miller Park, and he pitched very well in that game at Miller Park. He hit 100, according to reports, on the radar gun in that game at Miller Park. Then he got quickly moved up to high A in Carolina and pitched well for the Carolina Mudcats. He threw 11 and a third innings for them and gave up just two earned runs. And he has made uh, now two appearances in Biloxi. He is thrown six innings, five hits, and just one earned run allowed. So continuing to dominate at every level. And there is buzz that Drew Rasmussen could be one of those guys that uh, is a quick riser. Talking about being in AAA before this thing's all said and done. Uh, Maybe even it's not crazy to think there's a shot he could pitch at some point for the Brewers this year. That may not happen. That's a lot of pressure to put on him simply because of the fact that this is a guy still building himself back from – Uh, two Tommy John surgeries, so the Brewers will want to be as cautious with him as they can, but clearly the stuff plays, and he has the stuff to get major leaguers out, and the Brewers are in win-now mode, uh, chasing that NL Central for the second consecutive year. So it should be fun to watch Drew Rasmussen, the former Oregon State Beaver, as he goes up through the system. And then, of course, we go to AAA San Antonio. The Missions uh, are having a, a Fine season. Of course, Keston Hira no longer there for the San Antonio missions, but uh, they still feature Zach Brown, who is, of course, uh, the Brewers' top pitching prospect. We just mentioned some of those other names that have pitched so well this year, but Zach Brown is the Brewers' top pitching prospect. Uh, He has had mixed results, I would say, uh, so far this year uh, for the Brewers' AAA affiliate. Zach Brown's velocity maybe down just a touch, but nothing to be concerned about. He's still uh, in a position to 
uh, have a nice year if he can kind of make some of those adjustments he's going to need to make. He had a great year last year at Double A. He was the Brewers minor league pitcher of the year last year. Uh, other names that are pitching well in Triple A right now. Uh, Thomas Jenkins has made the move up and he's had mixed results. A four five zero ERA for him. Uh, over a handful of starts now. He's up to four starts uh, with San Antonio. And then, of course, Jimmy Nelson. Everybody's keeping an eye on Jimmy Nelson. He's made two appearances for San Antonio. He is set to make his third appearance on Friday for the missions. At the plate, we told you Keston Hira. He's gone now. Mauricio Dubon, though, he's playing well. 271 average, five home runs, 15 driven in. Tyler Saladino, 269 average, seven home runs, and 20 driven in. Corey Ray is back, and it's been good to see Corey Ray get back. He had a tough start to the year, then he had the injury. He's been much better since coming back from injury, as Corey Ray has three home runs since his return from injury and uh, looking much more uh, like he's going to be able to settle into AAA this year as well. Uh, we have plenty more. Let's check out what's coming up next. Here's what's on tap. Okay, here's what's coming up. The Brewers coming home for a five-game homestand starting Tuesday, May 21st. That's a 6:40 start. Wednesday, that's a 12:10 in the afternoon start against the Cincinnati Reds. Then the Phillies come to town. It's going to be a big weekend at Miller Park. Friday's a five-county Friday. That starts at 7:10. Saturday's a 6:10 start, and it's a kickoff to summer concert, post-game concert by Flo Rida. Brewer sunglasses with the purchase of a special ticket package as well. Sunday the 26th, that's a 110 start, Dollar Hot Dog Day. Dollar Hot Dogs available throughout the game. To book your tickets, visit brewers.com slash tickets. That is going to do it for us in this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. We will join you next week from back home in Milwaukee as the crew finally gets home after this long road trip. Have a great one, everybody. I'm Lane Grindle.